What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny's Pixar in Review. I'm going to be your host today. Hey, my name is Nick Scarpino. Alongside, it's Christmas everywhere she goes, Joey Noel. Hello. The rootin' tootin' nitro rifle from twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez. Andy Cortez. Hello, everybody. How are we doing? It's a Pixar Wednesday. Has he always been rootin' tootin'? Also, in my Thursday. brain, he has, but I've been waiting for a very special occasion to uh, refer to him as that. And it is Thursday, which a lot of people say is almost Thursday. Friday. And of course, rounding up the quartet today is Kevin Coelho. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Very interested to have the conversation about this movie because I, uh, th- I got some thoughts. Me too. Uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Tim Gettys usually hosts this podcast, but today he went to put his shoes on, and when he reached down, came up with snakes. That's oh, right. Just two snakes on each the feet. The worst. They call them. They call them water moccasins. <laughs> oh. um, Nick. Well, and mostly everyone here, but I feel like Nick is going to mm-hmm. be the one to understand this. Who's has anybody seen the movie Arachnophobia? Yeah. Oh yeah, multiple. Times. Daniels, right? Ter- Love that movie. Yes. Tear it when the when you see the like spiders on the floor and it goes into the slipper and then the woman puts the slipper on it. and then that, it bites. The pop, mm, the That's exactly what I imagined, but snakes and Tim. That is uh, actually that. almost exactly what happened, Joey. It's crazy. It's Were you there? Have you planned this? Or oh I don't know who keeps putting these snakes everywhere, Andy. We're going to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> We're going to figure it out eventually. <laughs> uh, folks, if you didn't know, uh, we do in review every week, sometimes twice a week. And right now we are currently on our 22nd Pixar in review. Today we are reviewing Onward. Uh, but of course, before we get to that, we want to thank our Patreon producers, Molecule and the kind of funny Destiny 2 PC clan for back in this show. And of course, uh, our lovely sponsors, Upstart and Canva. But we'll talk about that. A little bit later. Uh, today we are talking about Onward. It's got a runtime of one hour and 42 minutes. Released March 6th, 2020. Pixar's 22nd film. Uh, it was directed by Dan Scanlon, uh, the American animator, storyboard artist, and director who worked uh, for Pixar, uh, for whom he was directing, I guess he directed Monsters University. And Onward, I believe we talked about him when we talked about Monsters University. Mm-hmm. Music by... Michael G. Michael and Jeff Dana. Ah, oh, dang it. They're, they're <laughs> oh, first Pixar score, and one of the rare times it's not a Newman or a Giacchino. I was one off. I was one off. You got the first name. Partial credit. Yeah. It's spelled M-Y-C-H-A-E-L, but I'm not sure if that's a typo or not, but I'm going to go with Michael on that That's one. a wake. We should move. We should make that like the standard spelling from now on. I don't think so. You I, think? Let's move away from do that. Do you think it's just universally misspelled everywhere, Nick? Uh, maybe, maybe that's the, you think that's the correct spelling and my middle name spelled incorrectly with the M-I-C-H-A-L. I mean, I think that there can be multiple correct spellings, right? I mean, again, it doesn't really matter for names. Can we agree some of them are incorrect, though? If, of course. I think like some of them are dumb. Argue, sure. What have we learned, Andy? What is the number one core takeaway? What's the number one thing we've learned from Pixar in review? Um, anyone can cook. Anyone can Beware cook. of quicksand... Okay, no, those, those are the those are my big fears from the eighties. Oh, right. that's what we learned from the eighties. Yeah, what we right. learned from Pixar interviews <laughs> is that anyone can cook, and apparently anyone can uh, spell Michael any way they want. That was one of my favorite moments. I had to make the graphic for the rankings today, and had to go back and watch the last episode, the last final moments where we do the rankings, so I could put everything in place. And I'm just losing my shit. I'm like, I can't believe. Wally is this low now, and it's underneath Incredibles one and two. What is happening with this ranking right now? And then Joey goes, I can't believe Ratatouille is being so done dirty. And after just quite a few seconds, Nick goes, Anyone can cook, Joey. 
Anyone can cook. <laughs> <laughs> just so just annoying. Coming in with a useless waste of airtime. That's yeah. my nom de plum yeah. right there. Uh, Wait, real see. quick, Andy, uh, why don't you just change it? Like, I don't think. Yeah, no one would ever know. You know, what there's I mean? like there's gonna be it. one kid like uh, Cameron Kennedy's gonna notice or something like that. Yeah, and sure. Like, just fucking mm-hmm. and and Cameron. Tim maybe will look into it, but maybe he'll be too tired and he'll just be like, "No, Andy knows what he's doing." Just yeah, but Andy, Tim if you put anyway. Wally higher and you also move Ratatouille higher, then I won't say anything to Tim. Oh, be quiet about it. You know what? I'll let you guys. I'll let you guys conspire behind my back on that one because I've got some more facts to go through on this. Not the least of which is, by the way, there's an awesome collaboration with Stan Smith and Adidas and Wally. If you guys want to get some Stan Smith that are Wally and E uh, themed, I saw him the other day. I'm sorry, this is a random Adidas. Is this a current thing? Yeah, this is a current thing right now. What's going on? I saw them literally last weekend. I went to buy. If you see those Stan Smiths behind me, I had to get a new pair of green ones. Weirdly, we had to go up a half size, which I'm not happy about because I'm like, did my feet gain weight? Yeah, I you digress. get fatter feet for sure. I digress. Uh, and I saw them. I was like, "Oh, these are cool. These are like blue. They're like blue and white, and they've got Eve on one tongue and Wally on the other one, and they got the little wait." But recycle you didn't logo. get them. No, 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 no. I didn't get them. I didn't you like don't actually feet. like Wally that much. I love Wally, and I think it should be higher mm-hmm. on the list. Is that how I voted originally, Andy? No, you voted very low on Wally. <laughs> I don't have I the records over. of that. I'm going to assume that whatever you're saying is a lie. <laughs> whatever <laughs> you choose, it's the opposite. But the, also, enough. just a weird ass promotion that they like. Are they In doing 2021. this with? They, are they so, doing this with all of Pixar or is no, it just no. Wally? <laughs> Here's the weird thing, right? Is the two that I saw. There's three like themed Stan Smiths that I oh, saw. Like I don't want to yeah. get them. Oh my God. They got the Stan Smiths, which I thought they were pretty cool, but I just didn't like the way they looked on my foot. So uh, they have Kermits. And two different versions of Kermits with two different colors for the green on the tongue that aren't the green of Stan Smith's. Ew. They also have a Miss Piggy, which is weird. But it's they like also have guy. Monsters Inc. Yeah, yeah, look at this, Nick. Look at this. Ew. The furry one? Get that yeah, out of my face, Kevin. That's cool. That's awesome. No, it's gross. You guys are gross. That first was to be on the inside. This one's your so rowed I would buy this right now if I had like this. Get them, dude. No, it's Get too some far. Can't right That's a problem. That's fair enough. Budget of two hundred million dollars. Box office is one hundred and forty-one point nine million dollars. Oh, of course, there's the film's financial ones. shortcomings were a result of COVID nineteen pandemic, which led to the widespread closure of movie theaters less than two weeks into its release. Uh, like several other films released in the early months of twenty twenty, it was made available digitally uh, several weeks after its theatrical review. And a small note fact: up until probably a few weeks ago, the theater in West Portal still had that on its marquee. <laughs> Wow! It like onward, yeah, it was like onward and well, I mean, two it, other it, movies. It's super sad because that, that theater just died. Is what, yeah, it, what it was. Nice yeah, onward was theater. the last movie I think we saw in theaters before everything right. shut down. Yeah, that's right. That's so sad, Kevin. The idea that what great environmental storytelling that would be for at the end of the apocalypse, the two wanderers are walking and you see in the background the movie theater that's been closed down since the world has taken over. It's overgrown moss all over the walls. There's like mutant deers. And on the marquee, you see onward. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) oh, that's when this happened. I see. I see. Good environmental storytelling video game. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Of course, Tim always likes to talk about the Bechdel test, which is an important measure of the representation of women in fiction asks whether work of features to at least two women who talk to each other, uh, named characters, I should say, other than something about a man, the requirement is that the two must be named and, and sometimes added. Uh, the name is, uh, this easily passes, of course, as Laurel, the mother, and uh, the Manticore go on their own adventure uh, to find Laurel's son, but also talk about many other things. For example, they argue about with a pawn shop owner uh, who is also a woman. 
What are you, yeah. what are you giggling about over there? Nothing. Skadoosh. I mean, you got through that sentence, you know? Yeah, it was a tough <laughs> sentence. Yeah. Well, what's funny is I, was, you got I read it, the first line, and I was like, wait, it yeah. usually has to be two named characters. And then I, I got to the period at the first line. Then yeah. I started the second line and saw two named characters, and I was uh, like, well, Nick, now Nick, we've gone off the rails. Nick, <laughs> Nick, if I may, if I may, this is when – I think this is the – this probably the second time Disney tried to fuck over Pixar, you know? Good Dinosaur was the first one where they're like, yeah, let's make that a movie. That's a good movie. Let's make that a movie, you know? And then this one, releasing it for free for Disney Plus people. Like, it wasn't even, they didn't charge anyone anything. They did this later with Soul, too. But they'll talk about it. But it's just, this, this is the conspiracy, guys. Okay. Disney trying to fuck yeah. over Pixar. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, I think it's you're the only one who is feeling this, Kevin. I mean, that's know? how conspiracy starts. That. One person gets an idea, you know what I mean? They no, figure they out what's the, going on, what's hidden under there. They say the mark of a good conspiracy is not the first person who believes in it. It's the second person that believes in it. That's the person. Who's it going to be, Kevin? You don't think it's going to be? In a match, I'm sure there's a lot of people uh, out In the there comments, let me know if you believe. Twisted like you. Let's see if there's any fun trivia that Tim put here. There's two pieces of trivia, which I will now read for you. Triple Den Gum is sold at the gas station Ian and Barley visit, which is an Easter egg from Inside Out. Interesting. Oh, the popular okay. A113 reference is present in this film, uh, as it is in all Pixar films. The police call that comes through the near end, uh, through near the end, says A113 in progress. A113 was the classroom used by John, John Lester, Tim Burton, and Brad Bird at the California Institute of Arts and appears in all Pixar films. This is the first time that it only appears verbally. Um, there's something in here about Wizards of the Coast, but it's a very long paragraph, and I—I'll be honest with you, Joey. <laughs> That's a lot of reading. Like reading it. I mean, it's—it's it's, it's clearly based off of Magic, the game we're playing, the D and D game, right? Yes. Oh, sure. I think that yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll find. I'll read it. Okay. In an email to Inverse Wizards uh, of the Coast confirmed it collaborated with Disney and Pixar over the use of D and D characters and story elements. In Onward, quote: The D and D team was super excited to meet with the writers and producers of Pixar's Onward. Wizards of the Coast told Inverse uh, there was a lot of back and forth in the room discussing how best to portray D&D monsters like the Beholder and the Gelatinous Cube. We love that Onward is bringing fantasy to a whole new audience, and it's a testament to how D&D storytelling is part of the mainstream culture now. That was actually worth it, Andy. So maybe let's put some more effort into this sometimes. Okay, uh, Nick, yeah. I spaced out. It's something you just time. woke up, Nick. What's going on here? <laughs> I'm mellow. I'm, this oh, is my mellow hosting just voice. Chilling. I'm just okay. cold chilling. Cold Andy, chilling. let's start cold with you. Chilling. What did you think of Onward? I thought Onward was fine. I thought it was fine, Nick. Mm -hmm. I like. There's been a there's been a couple of Pixar movies of recent memory that we've watched on In Review, and I'm kind of like, okay, this is fine. There's some creative little concepts here. This is cute. Nothing really making me laugh out loud was, I think, my biggest issue with the with the movie. I didn't really ever have a large chuckle, which, you know, I love myself a large chuckle. You do like to and, and until the end, that's when I'm like, ah, oh, they got me with the emotional moment. Yeah. Now, I, I do wish that the rest of the movie was as engaging, mm -hmm. and it would have been like, God dang, this is a solid-ass Pixar movie. It's one of the best they've, they've made. Like, easily top 20, right? <laughs> but the... Um, <laughs> I just didn't really feel a whole lot of interest throughout. Um, and I can't quite put my, my finger on it. I don't know why. I think maybe I think maybe it was the humor, honestly. Um, I expected a bit more laughs from Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. And um, I unfortunately just never really felt super stoked about 
them adventuring together. I I was also kind of interested in the role reversal. Like when we see this, the previews of the movie, and we get a sort of a hint of what exactly is going to happen. I think, oh, Chris Pratt is the jock metalhead and Tom Holland is the little loser who loves elves and orcs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then for the fact that like the, the idea that this is flipped around just seems a little bit kind of unbelievable to me. Like, come on, Tom Holland, there's no chance. Like you look like you're into D and D. All right, let's be real here, dude. Um, and the, uh, I think the overall, the story was pretty predictable. Like, I think you could see it coming from a mile away that, the fuck up older brother is going to lead them astray and it's going to cause a rift in between them. And I just, I, I saw a lot of that stuff coming. Um, but it is, it was so wild to see just, a, just legs walking around all over the places. <laughs> yeah. So, like when, when that is first introduced, I'm just like, what the hell is happening right now? This is so bizarre. Uh, but I, I think the end of the movie, um, it's, it's kind of like the opposite of of what a lot of movies have trouble with. It's like, how do you end this movie in a you know satisfying way? Right. And I think they ended it pretty perfectly, to be honest with you, with how everything gets resolved. But it's just everything leading up to that I wasn't necessarily loving a whole lot. Joey, what did you think of Onward? So when we did our review screencast, whatever we did for this last year, I was pretty met on this movie. And I was like pleasantly surprised by how much I like more. I liked it on the rewatch. Um, I So I actually buy the Chris Pratt thing and maybe it's of him being like the older brother. That's like the nerdy one. And maybe it's because of like, uh, I rewatched Everwood, which was like one of the first things he did where he was just like the older brother and like not cool Marvel Chris Pratt. So I might've just had that kind of like stuck in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the two of them as brothers are really good. I think they are like pretty good voice actors considering that that's not their like normal thing. I think that also Agreed. piggybacks yeah. off of watching a lot of what if lately and being like reminded that, Oh, voice acting is a totally different muscle than being a on-screen uh, actor. Yeah. Uh, Bucky. <laughs> I know I love Sebastian Stan and man, is he not great? Um, I really like that Julia Louis Dreyfus and uh, what's her name? Spencer. Is it Octavia Spencer? No. Yeah, Octavia Spencer. Yeah. I like their little like side. <laughs> thing. I kind of was hoping that they fell in love, Joe. <laughs> I know. Because I, I really don't like the like uh, her love interest, the like yeah. worst guy. He's got Kevin yeah. hair. <laughs> he does have Kevin when here. He takes his hat off at the end and he does this thing. It always reminds me of when Kevin does that. It's, <laughs> um, it's glorious. Yeah. And I just like kind of the premise of like even the idea that like, oh, magic is kind of just like thrown to the wayside because technology is so much faster and more accessible to people, I think mm-hmm. is like a super interesting thing to think about of like, oh, it's this power that you do kind of have to like work on versus technology is like instantaneous and available for everybody. I think that's like an interesting world building aspect. I think they do a pretty good job of like calling back stuff that they had planted earlier in the movie with like when he like at the beginning wants to like uh like use sandpaper or whatever to like make it smoother. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and no, just there's notes. just like yeah. a power in every piece of it. And then it comes back at the end. I think they do a pretty good job with stuff like that. Um I think that the middle does get like a little bit murky. I don't love the like the gas station fairy part up till like essentially they have the um 
not altercation, but like where they meet up with the stepdad guy mm -hmm. at the bridge. I think that whole section is like a little bit slow for me that I could probably cut some stuff out of, even though I do think it's funny when they turn into the boyfriend guy when they're with the cops. Um, but overall, I was like really surprised that I liked it and I had as much fun with it. Um, every single time, I'm always going to laugh at the bus getting a flat tire and like galloping as they send it off every time. I don't know why that one thing is just so funny. Um, but yeah, I had a good time rewatching it. I was pleasantly surprised. Kevin, what did you think? Um, so walking out of the movie theater was like a weird experience it's the first time i ever felt like oh shit this movie was like made for me mm -hmm. like i you know I, I i've talked about this before but i lost my father when i was like 15 and uh, my little brother was five uh so a lot a lot of the story also my little brother's super into magic and D D, and so much of the dynamics like some of them are turned around and flipped but like a lot of it, like, you know, obviously you've all heard me talk about my shitty pickup truck that just keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's there's so much in it, these. I know it's Ranger Danger, but I'm going to call it whenever from now on. No, it's Ranger Danger. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's just so many things in this movie that, like, touched. To, like, I mean, like, you guys talk about that emotional moment that we have at the end. But, like, that fucking devastated me. Like, that's I taught my little brother how to swim and ride a bike. And uh, so, like, going through that and watching that 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 cutscene was just—it almost was too much. Mm -hmm. Like walking out, it was a surreal experience to be like, "Oh shit!" The, these Pixar movies—they, I mean, they're obviously they all kind of have something they're aimed at, and it's always kind of like a, a little bit of a weirder thing and and very specific. And to be there and to feel like it was aimed right at my life was insane just utterly insane um i walked out of the movie theaters and i was like dude uh spencer my little brother like we should watch this movie and then a year and maybe three months went by so like three months ago yeah so i guess a little bit longer than that um him and i actually watched it together and it was a lot it was it was really really a lot like the i don't know that i've ever had a moment at the end of a movie where i've been so like emotionally like ripped out and just it was very raw and he was very raw and it was just um really a magical experience that is like i i didn't expect to go into the movie theater and and feel so much mm -hmm. it's like um, you commissioned pixar to make yeah a movie honestly about that's yeah. that's what it felt like and it's just like jesus um also ian tom holland's character like if Spencer yeah. grows out his hair a little bit more, like they yeah, look it looks the just same. Like, yeah, they look very yeah. similar. They look very similar. Pretty well. Um, Did you yeah. know that the movie was going to be like this close to like your no, story? I had no idea. When you I had no in? idea. I, 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 like, I watched the trailer and I didn't think about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the, the, yeah, I guess that's true. Because the trailer kind of let go a little bit of it. But man, when that hits at the end, you're like, whoa. Right. And that, that moment was, it was extremely intense for me and my brother. So yeah, I mean, it's just... It's going to be interesting to hear you guys, uh, you know, have, have your reactions just because I feel so invested in it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that's just that's going to be that's going to be fun. 
um, for me, I mean, I kind of, I, I agree with kind of everyone here on all their, on the positive parts. Um, I, Kevin, it did hit for me on, on, because I have an older brother who taught me a lot about life too, and helped raise me as well. Um, so that part to me really, really hits hard, but I also see sort of where Andy's coming from, which is that the movie is, it could have been a little, it could have been better leading up to that. I think, I think Pixar is so good at nailing a lot of the, the the story elements or the rather the character development between the two characters but the overarching kind of like adventure i think could have been more fun and i can't quite put my finger on why that is maybe it is the role reversal and i'm just not used to the the sort of uh the you know the different characters and how they're presented differently with the stereotypes but i just i kind of got about halfway through this and i was like uh i didn't i don't this is one of those that i don't need to watch again and having watching it a second time, I'm like, this is a bit of a slog for me to get through um, some of the the plot points, even though I do agree with Joey that it's very well set up. And I think the, the beats and the payoffs at the end are very well laid out. There's just something about it that that doesn't it's not as creative as like a monster's university to me where I'm like, oh, wow, this is really blowing me away. Like a lot of this stuff, I'm like, I feel like we've seen this before and they're using it in an interesting way. But it's not it's not the general like that picks our magic that I'm, that I'm looking for in a lot of these. But I mean, having said that, I still think it's a stellar film. And by the end, I would be lying if I said I wasn't ugly crying. I was like, <laughs> the, like the last 15 minutes of this movie, when they're talking, the two brothers, I'm like, I'm going to have a hard time. I'm like, damn and he's it, I'm looking at the list. Like that's when I start to lose it. And he's and like, checks the Ugh. first one off. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's the, really that, that's the twist that I was not expecting. And that I, Me neither. it was much appreciated that they went there because the, I, I think as the audience, you are kind of disappointed initially to not get that time with the dad. Cause you feel like you've been on this journey with them, but I think it, it works out perfectly. Like they, they couldn't have nailed it any better than to have that moment of Ian looking at the list, seeing and realizing, oh my gosh, my brother was my father the whole time. My brother was like raising me and doing everything and had all those responsibilities that uh, I, my father would have had had he been, been around or whatever. And then to have that moment of, of um, Chris Pratt telling Tom Holland, all right, well, go see dad. And he's like, no, no, no right. you go say goodbye. Perfect, dude. Like that's, that is absolutely, it's almost as if like, they came up with that as a concept and were like, let's build the rest of the movie <laughs> around this. Yeah. <laughs> this is a winning concept right here. Um, Tim Geddes wrote in and said, this movie is a huge surprise for me and is further proof that Pixar are on another level. Uh, with the exception of The Good Dinosaur, this is easily my least favorite or Pixar has created. But damn if it doesn't grab you and, and the, with compelling characters, fantastic pacing, uh, creative set pieces, and... Uh, somehow we are 22 movies in and they are still finding new ways to pull at our heartstrings. At the end of the day, though, it comes uh, it comes together as really damn good as opposed to a Pixar classic. So I would put that at and we'll save his ranking uh, for a little bit later. Uh, we'll get there. Do you think it's cheating that Nick knows where it ranks before we do that? It's bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. I don't agree with I've it. never felt this powerful. Power. <laughs> and I'll be honest you could change you, the whole ranking right now. Nick. It has corrupted me absolutely <laughs> absolute power absolute corruption andy hit us with the plot song let's tell us the story yeah nick tell us the story long ago 
the world was full of wonder. But then the iPhone came out and all the magical creatures just sort of chilled out and watched Netflix. And now they're just as lame as us. Welcome to Onward, which for some reason I thought was hilarious last night when I wrote Onward and then in parentheses and Upward. Not funny. Don't laugh at it. Magic. How did we pick you to be the funniest person? Kind of funny. How is no, how is no it one possible? else tried. showed up? Andy was like nowhere to be found. Kevin was catatonic. Uh, all of our contributors were just like, no, nah, I don't want to play this game right now. No, no Greg thanks. And I were in a mood. The bar was uh, magic wasn't easy to master, so they invented technology which allowed them to be complacent, lazy, and mildly stupid. Welcome to America, where unicorns eat out of the trash can like raccoons. And I'll tell you what, if there's one joke in here that got me both times and should have been in here more, it's the, it's the panda, the trash pandas for the unicorns. For no, sure. they nailed it. Any more would have been too much. Yeah, they, and then <laughs> fly away. But so they're good. like dirty, too. You're like, why are they so dirty, Andy? We meet Ian. And today is Ian's 16th birthday. Uh, he has a mom and a pet dragon named Blazy, and a mom, his mom's name is Laurel, by the way. And he wears his dad's college sweatshirt, which fits now. Uh, Ian has no friends, and no one is coming to his birthday party. Also, Ian is scared to drive. Ian's brother Barley really likes D and D, and tells his brother he has a he's, he has a mighty warrior inside. He just needs to let him out. We're like, oh, thank you for stating that theme, Officer Bronco Colt Bronco comes. <laughs> To arrest Barley because he was protesting the city tearing down an ancient fountain. But guess what? He's not actually coming to arrest Barley. He's coming to smooch, smooch, smooch on Laurel. Get a little smooch you with mommy. Yeah. He's he's the stepdad. And that's going to make for some weird stepdad porn because he is a minotaur. Oh, dude, oh, come on. And why did, like, you, you don't even mess around. You went straight for it, huh? Just didn't even waste no time. dancing camera. around it. Guys, yeah. Listen, listen. I'm out no on the subtlety field. To it. I'm out on the field. The ball gets thrown to me. I catch mm -hmm. it. I gotta run it. I gotta yeah, run it. You gotta run it. You what am I gonna slide like a quarterback? Forget about <laughs> it. Put my body on the line. Uh, Bronco tells Ian he should stop playing games. But Barley tells him, "Quests of yours, no game. It is historically accurate." And if he says that once, he says it 15 times. That's the one thing about this, this movie. I'm like, they have to keep reminding you of all the, all the setup for these things. So there's a payoff at the end. I'm like, all right, cool. There's just a lot to, to, to sort of uh, take in in this film. Uh, it, it, then, it's, such a, it's such a weird sort of character, character archetype for Ian. Because, like, it... it how is he not into D&D? I don't get it. How is he not a nerd if it's, he's it's not like that. this skinny little I mean, loser? That's not how that works. Like it's just because you look so like. No, no, no. More... But like th that's how you build characters. Though. Like the, the idea that he's the younger brother who is a skinny little nerd who is scared to do everything. Like what is he if he has not. He a thing. Yeah, he needs to. He needs to like what he's, he should have been. Joe scared. is like. What he needs to be is like he he has to have been like a an athlete who fucking hates D and D, and when he discovers that he has magic, is like, oh shit, man! I was like, I'm a football player, and then maybe Chris Pratt be like, what? You don't deserve those magic powers? Like, I don't know. There could have been I, something cooler there. I really like that that like there was no like aggression or envy, or I guess yeah yeah envy. Uh, from Chris Pat's character, I was surprised was just, I didn't go there. Yeah, but like I thought that was so cool, and like that like added so many layers that like he was just happy that his brother like had that ability. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. but it's but I mean, it is interesting though because they go against the archetypes, right? And and you would think like like psychologically speaking, if you were the older brother and you were sort of had to take on the responsibility of help raise someone, well then you would be a little bit more grounded in reality. Whereas you would think the younger brother who kind of grew up without that structure and who was more meek and who didn't have sort of the guidance of 
you know, someone older to kind of push him out of his comfort zone would want to retreat into the fantasy of D&D. That yeah, is sort of, those are like the archetypes I am used to seeing in movies. And this one, but they I turn on its the side. Mold, you know? But yeah. they also do a weird thing where they dress Chris Pratt's character like a metal rocker and they yeah. put him in a metal van. And so there's a lot of mixed sort of imagery here that, again, I'm not saying like you can't have a van. A van has to necessarily mean like, let's smoke weed in the back and go to a concert. But historically, I thought he was going to be the bully is. punk. I thought he was going to be I like a bully too. asshole. Yeah. And so I think I think that's more of a problem for me when I'm watching yeah. it, because I think I'm bringing some stuff into the theater from you know, 40 years of watching these kind of same characters play out in 80s movies, 90s movies, you know, all these these types of movies that it's weird for me. Like, it breaks my brain to be like, I'm looking at this character and he looks like a guy that should be into fucking guar or like, <laughs> uh, like hardcore death metal. But instead, he's like really into D&D. And then to and he's into earlier, like Zeppelin. He's into yeah. like kind of like that sort of mythical zeppelin like you hear but the loot you don't think and then it's like rock <laughs> but it's probably like because of his dad right that he's into that sort of music yeah most and, likely. and i i get the feeling that he's into D D because a lot of his life was probably structured and you know he had to be very responsible because he was helping raise his little brother so I, I that's where i kind of feel like that's where like being able to like leave your structured world and go wild and and you know, be this character who is going on adventures. Have an outlet uh, for sense. that. Yeah, yeah, makes sense for that. Well, you, did think, that you did everything with your older brother. How'd you not get into D anD D? Right. Like, I think for bit. me, <laughs> the way that I probably would have like structured the character differences is if the older brother is going to be really D anD D, then I would have had the younger brother be really into technology and have that be their conflict of like the old that versus the new. Would have been smarter, I think, because the, um, the problem, the big problem is who's our main character in this, right? It's Ian. Ian. Uh, Barley, I would say you could argue as a secondary main character, but for the most part, we start with Ian. It's Ian's birthday. It's Ian's journey. Ian's never known his dad. And Ian is the one that has all the growth in this, right? Barley kind of just doesn't, he kind of starts and ends in the same way. So I would, I would argue that Ian's the main character, but Ian is kind of a blank slate. He doesn't have the thing other than he just never really knew his dad and he's life would, and he's kind of not bold. Right. And we're about to get to this part here where a random guy who I think is played by Wilder Valderrama is like, oh, I knew your dad. And he was it really is. old because he wore purple socks and he was a shitty dancer. And he's I, like, oh, I want to be more like my dad. I loved that. Like, oh, there's a Latino sounding elf. <laughs> kind of interesting. <laughs> I, think I'm, I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, it 100% Valderrama. is. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, we can keep going with the plot here. Uh, but uh, let's see. He writes, he decides, you know what, I got to I got to get my life together. So he writes a new me list, which involves uh, uh, speaking up more, learning to drive and inviting people to his party. And then, you know, at the end of the day, being like dad, uh, Ian gives it gives into a big old troll and then does his first driving lesson. But let me tell you, Joey, he can't merge into onto the freeway. And it reminds me of. That's right. Clueless. clueless. It reminds me Jinx. of. Jinx. Oh, wow. Got you owe me a Coke Zero. <laughs> I only have Diet Cokes. Is that okay? Well, that's fine, too. Ian works out the nerve to ask some people to his party, and they all say yes until Bartley shows up in his van with a dope-ass unicorn on it named Guinevere, cool. and Ian gets embarrassed. And I'd be like, what are you getting embarrassed of this? Like, these are yeah. high school kids. And by the way, they all seem pretty cool. Like, they probably know his brother's Barley, for, for, and they'd probably be like, oh, your brother has a van? Cool, let's go smoke pot and go to the concert in that, because apparently world yeah, reversal but... is a thing in this world, and we all are druggies, even though we look like straight-A students. 
Uh, I do think that like the idea of like, hey, uh, I don't know you guys, but come to my birthday party. Also, here's my older brother in his uh, fun van. Jump in. Is, yeah. is a lot. I, is a lot. What high school kid wouldn't be like, that sounds irresponsible. Let's do it. What have you been doing I your whole know. life, Ian? What have you been doing your whole <laughs> life? Who are you? You know? Uh, it does seem like he came into existence like, you know, a week prior. <laughs> Uh, Ian gets embarrassed and uninvites the kids, and then he goes home and crosses everything off his list, but not in a positive way. Not like, I did all this stuff. He's just like, no, this is never going to happen. And then we get a really sad scene where he listens to an old tape of his dad's voice and then talks to him in between. And you're like, I would be like, I maybe we should throw this tape out now. This might be, we, we've tipped a point now where this is just probably not good for your overall well-being. Uh, the next morning, Laurel gives the boys a gift from their dad, and Barley immediately recognizes it as a wizard staff. And there's a letter that came with it telling them he wrote a visitation spell for them a long time ago, which will bring him back for one whole day. And we get the whole plot of this movie. Uh, Barley also finds a phoenix gem included in He's like, well, this is what would only work with a phoenix gem. And guess what? There's one right there. So he jams in the staff and he tries to recite the words, but nothing happens. It, and it's a bummer because, as we'll find out, he doesn't have the magic in him. But thankfully, Ian does because Ian recites the words. And uh, this time, the staff works their dad starts to reappear, but the phoenix crystal bursts midway, so all they're left with is their dad's disembodied legs. Now, this is one of those things that we've talked about before, where I'm like, a rat cooking shouldn't work, but it does in rat tattooing, right? Does why do you say it like that? Tattooey. How do you say it? <laughs> ratatouille? Say? Like, what just ratatouille. It's ratatouille. Humor. Pronounce it with all of its letters, or rank it higher on the list. Where? <laughs> Those are your two options here. You I'm didn't want it now. higher. I, have power now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it should be higher now. <laughs> On reflection. Um, do the legs work in this? Because to me, the, it took a little while to acclimate the first time I saw this. It's weird. It's a weird okay, move. Weird, right? Because yeah. it's like, wh where is the top half? Does it exist? How, like, can you imagine how scary everything would be if all you could feel was like a little bit of vibrations with your feet? Like that... This seems like a really traumatic experience for their dead father. It's scary as hell, Kevin. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah. very weird. It's a very weird concept, and I, when they saved him from danger a couple times from getting crushed by the door, I just imagine like, what does the gore there look like? Like, is there is it bloody and gross? Yeah, if he yeah. gets smushed, no. I know. Are there I think bones it's anatomically there? correct. Is there an elf penis there, Joey? One hundred percent. Yeah. For sure. No, I think it's more like ethereal. No, like it's, Joey, there's an elf. It's magic. There. There's a little blue wang down there for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with only 24 hours to go, they said about finding another Phoenix gem. Barley thumbs through his old D&D &D cards. Or, I'm sorry, I forgot what it's called, but I'm going to call it D&D &D, uh, cards. And Quest figure, cards, I think. Quest of Yore, that's right. Quest Figures out a good starting point. He's like, hey, we got to start where all good quests start. And he holds up the card, and it's the Manticore's Tavern, which sounds cool. Time to I'm go cool on a quest. Uh, Ian feels weird talking to his dad with the top half, so he makes uh, one out of coats. Just like that time, Andy wore all those coats in the streamy <laughs> award nominated by me, KFAF episode. Yeah, you can't call it a streaming award nominated if you're the one that submitted no. the nomination. Yeah, we nominated him. Yeah, we yeah, nominated him. But it wasn't nominated. nominated. But it was but but it got a nomination yeah. through their site that they now <laughs> several me, 
uh, having unsubscribed, keep sending it to me every fucking year. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's in my spam folder. Get away from me, streamies. I don't give a shit about you anymore. Fucking hacks, we are. You're the uh, reason the show died. Burn me once, shame on you. Yeah. yeah. You're the reason the show died. Yep. Once once we couldn't eclipse that mountain, Kevin, it's like, let's What's head back down. Point, yeah. Let, well, I, just, let's just podcast. That's a lot of work. I live in the <laughs> summit. <laughs> I'm eating a lot of cereal right now, a lot of breakfast cereal in this show. <laughs> Uh, Barley wants to show his old dad his van, and he's like, "Well, he, well they have a conversation. He's like, what, do you, what would you do with that?" When he's back, he's like, "I just want to show me old van, show him how I fixed it up." And he's like, "Before, you know, before I got to it, it was a real junker, and of course, this van's a piece of shit." Uh, and Ian what tells him that he opinion? wants to that share van his like list. It moves, with him. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was like, "Listen, this van may or may not have brakes or suspension, and it might make Nick throw up one time on the maybe, way back from Starbucks." <laughs> maybe you can't park it on a hill because the e-brakes are broken, but like, whatever. You just believe in the car. You know what I mean? You park you know what you do carry a brick with you everywhere you go stuff it behind the wheel Done. nick Problem one time solved. i parked i parked uh by the old 7-eleven by the old studio oh, with your brother in the car and i put the e-brakes on and it snapped good <laughs> my second day in san francisco um i had to get a ride with somebody else when we left the movie theater after watching right. scarlett johansson uh play an asian know? woman in ghost uh, in the shell yep. and the brakes in kevin's truck or, or rather it wouldn't start up again it and we were start, stuck yeah. there and the problem with being stuck on this hill was that joey so i shit you not there was a car in front of us and behind us with about an inch on each side. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we were just yeah. stuck there. It sucks. We they got it towed out though. You yeah, know what I mean, they did great. They did great. Yeah, what yeah. an adventure for your second day in the city. Mm -hmm. And in the end, Joey, it was all worth it. But we're not quite there yet. We're still halfway mm -hmm. through our movie. Uh, Barley tells Ian that he has to practice his spells if he wants to get them to work. So he gives him the quest for your book, which for the 19th time is historically accurate. Mom finds a note telling uh, telling her, uh, sorry, from Barley, saying that they'll be back with a really great surprise. And then she's like, oh, no, I got to worry about my kids, even though one of them well into his 20s at this point. Uh, she finds the card of the Manicor's Tavern and divines that that's where the kids must be going. Barley coaches Ian on how to speak from his heart's fire and not to hold back. But that's been Ian's problem all along. He's not confident himself. He doesn't hold back. So he's now he's now slowly being inceptioned into all the things he he needs to learn uh, to be a good wizard, but also a good person and a very confident person. Uh, they reach the Manicor's Tavern, and it's super scary at first. But when they head in, it's not scary at all. It's more like a TGI Fridays. So funny. It's perfect. I love the idea that, like, well... I can't really use my magic. This whole thing is not working out anymore. How am I going to make money? What am I going to do? I'm going to commercialize myself into a theme restaurant. Bring back kitschy theme restaurants. Rainforest Cafe is gone and I'm sad. Oh, I want to drink a cocktail fun. with an umbrella next to a fake animatronic elephant. I want animatronics, Joe. But I, I think I would love a like I, I'm trying to think of what theme would I like. And it's got to be either ultra futuristic cyberpunk yeah, style yeah. or medieval style, just like what we see right now, where we're drinking. It's like medieval times, but there's no real activity. There's just sure. um, maybe it's interactive, it was, Kevin. Maybe there's like like Strider. Remember when you first see Strider in Lord of the Rings? And it's it's Aragorn, and he's like in the corner, in the back corner, and he's just smoking a pipe. He's got his head down. They're like, okay. "Oh, that there Strider, he's a bubble." And you're like, "Oh my god, I want to know who that mystery man is because he's really hot and stuff." But like, I just like the idea of animatronics. I'm just thinking of these restaurant concepts. You know, we went to a different like place there, Andy. We went to a little. <laughs> we dipped into a different place there, and I appreciate it. I want a Jurassic Park one. 
Oh. I want to eat with the dinosaurs. Jesus. Do you remember how fancy the food looked in Jurassic Park when they showed Oh, us the Jello, like, Kevin. Well, not, so not the Jello, but like they, don't, they have a shot where they like it's like a commercial as they're like flying in or something, and the food looks super fancy. It doesn't matter. They have like a whole buffet scene at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember like. that too. Remember also, when was the first time you heard of the word Manticore? Uh, it was this movie. Maybe this movie. <laughs> really? Okay, yeah. Because for uh, me, it was. For me, it was it was um, this enemy in the video game Demon Souls when I played it on PS5, and it's called the Man Eater. And I was like, I don't know what the hell this is. This is like some weird kind of half beast, and it's got a a weird tail. And they're like, No, it's a form of a Manticore. Um, and I was like, What the fuck is a Manticore? And in the game Demon Souls, its tail is a snake as opposed to a scorpion tail. Mm. But it's kind of like a variation on it. I was like, I've never heard of the word manticore. And I'm somebody who fancies himself like kind of a, into medieval shit and into weird mm. creatures. And I'd never heard that term before ever. And it's so ugly to think about. Apparently they have human faces a lot of times. So that's yeah. really yeah. something. That's right a lot of just there's a lot of things. That looks that's like something a, a kid would draw where you're like, what else would it have? A scorpion's scorpion tail. tail. Yeah. What else would it have? Yeah. the face of a WWE wrestler. Okay, well, we're not even quite sure. <laughs> anyway, they head in, and of course they ask to speak with the great Manticore, and the first person that they are directed toward is a, 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 a person in a costume, which I thought was a funny beat, and that's going to come so back funny. later in a very horrific fashion. Uh, the great and powerful Manticore, who now goes by Corey, and she is a little in the weeds with her tables. I mean, you know, Andy, this is one of those restaurants where it's like, Someone called in sick, so everyone's got to pick up another table, and you just know it's going to be one of those nights, Joe. Well, and you know that she got triple sat and is uh, just trying to balance all. Everyone's of this at the same one time. tripping her. Everyone's like, "Can yeah. I get a coke?" Comes back, "Can I get a coke?" You know what? Every, who needs a coke? We're all good. Are you sure? Because I'm bringing <laughs> Wait, back a coke the, to this table, and I'm not going to come back again with another coke. Come back. And then they ask you for ranch when you come back. <laughs> oh, the ranch. The There's also that ranch. employee that is clearly like not like he doesn't care. He doesn't want to be working here. She can't replace him. God. I hope she fired him. That was me. I got fired a lot. Uh, they asked Corey for the map to the Phoenix core, and she gives him the kids menu instead. And they're like, no, we want the real map. She's like, I can't do that. I can't keep putting people on a dangerous quest uh, due to the fact that they will get, there's, everyone's very litigious now. I'll get sued, and I'm worried about the liability of it, which I think is a hilarious beat as a person that worries about the liability of everything. Uh, you just get a liability Do waiver, you, right? Nick? All, all the time, Joey. All the time. Do you know how many times I've called our insurance broker and I'm like, give me the insurance policy that ensures that if that I won't offend anyone. And he goes, Nick, that doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Yeah. That time we... Is it like a self-fulfilling prophecy where you get so worried that you're going to get sued for something that you say things that maybe <clears throat> have the potential for issues? No, I mostly just like to say ridiculous things because people find it funny. <laughs> and then late at night I go, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to go to bed and everything's fine and everything's good in the world. And then I go, I shouldn't have said blue wang. <laughs> JK, that shit's classic. Anyway, he reminds Corey that he's like, you have to take risks in life if you to have an adventure. And she's like, no, I don't. He goes, yeah, it says it right there, right above your, your thing. And it actually is like her saying. And she freaks out. And she's like, damn it. You know what? I'm tired of this stuff. She rips the mascot's head off and then sets everything on fire with her breath. Karaoke and the whole place people. goes up. And it is scary. In the mix, dad's lost. Uh, dad's legs get lost, and a beam almost falls on them. And Ian pulls off the old Alohomora or a loft Elevore spell uh, and saves his pop's legs so that Barley can go in and grab him. Uh, but 
Without the map, they're screwed. Thankfully, Barley used his old noggin and he brought the kids menu with him. And Ian's like, what is that going to do? And he goes, it's got all the puzzles solved for us so we can continue on our uh, on our quest, which I think is amazing. Onward. Do you know what it's else onward. I think is amazing, ladies and gentlemen? Our sponsors. Oh, hey. How's your credit card statement looking? Let me guess, your heart rate just spiked just thinking about it. Well, the good news is you're not alone. And the better news is Upstart can help you get out from under debt that can feel crippling. Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a loan. All online, whether it's consolidating high interest debt, paying off credit cards, or just funding personal expenses. Upstart knows you're more than just a credit score. That's why they consider your income and current employment to find out a smarter rate. You can even see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 and $50,000 with a quick five-minute online rate. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash KFMB. That's upstart.com slash KFMB. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash KFMB. You know, we're always churning out cool designs for our content here at Kinda Funny. We've got a design secret to share with you. The secret is using Canva Pro. Canva Pro is a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content in just a few clicks. You can choose from thousands of professionally made templates that are extremely easy to customize, all with drag and drop features, or you can start from scratch. Canva Pro is stacked with premium fonts, photos, videos, and more, so you can add personal touches to whatever you're designing. And let me tell you, as a designer, as a motion graphics designer, this is an awesome resource to have at my disposal, and it saves me a lot of time. Plus, sharing and organizing designs with the team is easier than ever, so you're never dealing with misplaced files. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to canva.me slash kindoffunny and you get a free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash kindoffunny. Canva.me slash kindoffunny. There you go. And now we're back. That's great. Next step, oh. <laughs> Raven's Point. Raven's Point, which they think to me, okay, this is a place. But maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We'll see. Uh, Ian wants to take the expressway, but Barley tells him, that's not what quests are all about. We have to take the road less traveled. We have to take the path of peril. And Ian's like, that doesn't make sense. The expressway is called the expressway. We're going to take that instead. And Ian's like, you got to listen to me, man. He's like, listen, no, we're taking the expressway. It's going to take less time, and that'll give us more time with that, which makes sense. Uh, cut over to Mom. She rolls up to the Manticore's Tavern. The whole place is on fire, and she freaks out. But thankfully, Corey tells her that she forgot. She was like, I, I, there are these two kids. She's like, oh, you got the kids? She goes, yeah. But I told all the kids about the map, and I told them about the quest, and I told them about the curse. She goes, oh, wait. I didn't tell them about the curse. And Mom's like, what about the curse? And then she's like, what about the Twinkie? And that, if Greg was here, he was like, ah, it's a Ghostbusters reference, everyone. Of course, her mom's <laughs> like, I need Corey. Corey's going to help me find my kids. So... She pulls a little fast one on the cops, right? All these cops are not too bright over here in Elf World. And she's like, hey, I got to I gotta check out that man, of course, Scratch, or else she's going to go a little insane. And then when she does, uh, she she pulls a, a little uh, a fast one on him and, and swaps the mascot costume for, for Corey. And I thought that was a funny beat because the mascot costume's like burnt and terrifying. Smoldering. <laughs> uh, Ian scratches more stuff off his to-do list, and they realize they don't have enough time to get Dad back to Mom, which is sad. Then the van breaks down due to a lack of gas. And he's like, well, it says the gas tank is full. And he goes, oh, no, man, that thing doesn't work. And that's another moment that I think of Kevin. I was like, yeah, is- yeah no, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's been a thing that happened for two years. Of, yep. Like, it's decorative. You just got to count the miles. You, you reset the counter. Yeah. That, that was a good little yeah. bit. That was a good little chuckle. That's I, I stressful. Yeah, like, oh, that- Kevin, huh? is that not stressful? <clears throat> well, here's what happened, Joey. One time, my brother-in-law, I lent him the car, so he filled up the tank. <laughs> 
It didn't tell me. So I'm driving. I'm like, oh, fuck. I got to get gas in this bad boy. I'm pretty sure it's on empty. And I went to fill it up. And it was like, oh. Overflow. That's weird. Yeah, it's yeah. one gallon. All right. That's, it must be something good. Like, I don't know what's going on. Just keep trying. Just keep trying. <laughs> you pull it out. Just shoots gas out. It's I nothing more fun than getting drenched in gasoline. You know, especially as a, as an ex smoker, that's always the yeah. That's always the, the way. Yeah, to that's the thing, life. Joey. It burns. It burns. Oh, yeah. it, I just, a lot I, of people talk about that. I did enjoy I, this whole shrinking uh, sequence. I thought it was. I, I thought this part had some some funny moments. And what was funniest to me was it was weird seeing um, Barley so small in the pocket. That for some reason I was like, this looks green screened, even though that makes zero sense. Like <laughs> it just it was so it was so bizarre to see him like existing so tiny in the pocket. And that added for some some silly moments to have the really high pitched voice uh mm-hmm. of Barley yeah. kind of you know having that back and forth with Tom Holland. I thought I thought this moment was was good to kind of keep the middle of the movie going, having the second act continue. And I wish there was a little bit more of this sort of silliness happening. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could take this moment to talk about something that, like, we always bring up in these movies, but like, God, this looked so beautiful. So much of the the clothing and texture, the hair of the Manticore, yeah, like it, it has so much detail, and is like they've they've reached such a good point with uh, like finding a really nice way to make cartoonish, realistic worlds that. Uh, that somehow skate that line so perfectly of like, well, it's clearly not real, but like it has this fine real property. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. Uh, to piggyback off of that, I, I completely agree because I think this movie toned back the realism in a way in the environments that m- don't make it feel so off putting that the, the feeling that I had watching the good dinosaur of these, photo real environments in this one they they still had so much crazy detail right but the the shapes and the sort of structures of how a lot of the rocks looked in the mountains they looked kind of fantasy-esque in terms of like their silhouettes they didn't just look like someone took a photo and then put doofy ass blue characters in there they in a way were still stylized but still had crazy good detail where again, my problem with the good dinosaur was this weird ass looking green yeah. brontosaurus thing amongst like the most photo real environments you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. yeah. This one definitely scaled back the tiniest amount to make it feel like these styles meshed really well. Uh, of course, before uh, Ian does dispel that backfires and shrinks barley, he gets a splinter in his hand uh, and he's like, Can we sand this bad boy down? And we're reminded again, no, there's magic in every fiber of its being. Remember that for the third act. Ian does a spell, it backfires. So they head over to the gas station and they find one called Swamp Gas. Uh, before they can head in, of course, a bunch of rogue motorcycles pull up, driven by a gang of sprites who are super aggressive. And it's hilarious. Uh, Corey tells mom about the curse, uh, or, or excuse me, Laurel, about the curse. Uh, and she's like, what's going on? Well, if they get the gem, the curse will become a massive dragon and kill them. And the only thing they can that can stop them is my old sword. And Laurel's like, great, let's go get it. She goes, yeah, one problem. I pawned that bad boy because I had some back taxes. Not a big deal <laughs> to talk about it. So she's like, great, now we got to go to the pawn shop and get it back from her. It's wild that that's 100% accurate. She had some back taxes that she had to pay. <laughs> <laughs> like, that wasn't something Nick just made up on the spot. Like, that was the joke. I like uh, the idea then- of, like, having the, the pawn stars moment of, 
Like, yeah, you know, uh, this sword, I can't give you that. At best, I can give you 300 for it. I mean, it's going to sit on the wall for a while. I'm going to have yeah. to find a way to display it. People aren't tender. You know, people aren't really looking for an item like this. It's going to sit here for a while. And then her just settling on, like, all right, here's 10 bucks. <laughs> like, yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, before that, of course, we get a little bit of a beat where Corey's like, yeah, your son was, like, really, like, really confident about asking me. And she's like, yeah, Barley's like this. She goes, no, no, not, the, not that one, the other one. So she starts getting reports of Ian kind of, you know, stepping out of his comfort zone and trying to be a little bit more confident. Um, Barley pisses off the sprites because they used to fly and spread joy to people but, now, but their ancestors got lazy and and uh they get chased off and a car chase ensues uh, of course ian has to drive because barley is too small so he's going to force into that and he finally has to adult up and merge onto the freeway now joey if you'll remember mm -hmm. from clueless this is mm -hmm. the instance she's a virgin who can't drive exactly dion was a virgin who can't drive and after she was able to merge onto the freeway dion and murray's uh virginity became non-extinct right it became extinct mm -hmm. rather i forget how they, they did it but they ended up banging i think they banged in the car right i don't know i don't know <laughs> i don't know well, they there. start making out really hard right they start All, making they out, start making out right. <laughs> yeah and then yeah. she's like i'm gonna go you guys are doing something it's moments like this where i'm like that whole sentence just useless information for all mm -hmm. of you Sorry. yeah it's, it's okay i kind of want to watch clueless now so great film like yeah no, so good movie. great film didn't realize based on shakespeare didn't know that or jane oh Eric, yeah one of those well, yeah the uh emma, emma, emma there it is. that's what it was uh wow i'm getting them all wrong today the sprites catch up with <laughs> jesus ac and when they were to blow them away but instead of smashing onto the pavement they Start using their wings and fly. They're like, oh Nick is batting like 150 play. today. Oh, God, it's bad. <laughs> pull them off. They're like, nah, we don't. This game isn't bad. Pull, pull them out of the game. Send them to the dugout. Leave me. Let's not, let's, not burn, let's not burn out another player. Uh, Ian and Barley get pulled over, so they use a disguise spell and dress up like Officer Colt Bronco. And I like this scene a lot. I think Joey commented on it earlier. I think it's super creative. The spell only works, of course, if you don't lie. So as Ian accidentally lies, his ear pops out and his arm pops out and all of these things. And they manage to make it away. Until Officer Specter is like, wow, listen, man, I get it. Being a new parent's hard, especially with that one kid who's like super, like he's kind of a screw up. And he's like, oh, I, I beg to differ. Ian's not a screw up. They're like, no, no, not him, Barley. Barley's the screw up, right? And he goes, no. And then his foot disappears and turns back into the other Ooh. thing because he is lying. And that one hurts. It hurts. Rough. That, yeah, that was a tough one. That was a tough experience. Yeah. Uh, Nick, did you recognize both the voices? Um, I know one of them was Ali Wong. Who was the other yes. one? Yes, Lena Waithe. Uh, she was. Oh, oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, she was in Love. Is that... No, that's not the name of the the. My great, I brought this up. I really like her. She was in the latest season of Moment uh, of uh, Master of None. Mm, Master the of main None. character, his best friend. Oh, cool. Yeah, and the Chai. Nice. Um, oh. the Chai. I think that's what it's called. Chicago, right? The Chai. Oh, anyway. right, right, right. The Chi. Chi? <laughs> Anyone Chi? Uh, of course, Spectre 8 is no fool, and she's like, that's something weird. She sees the footprints turn from the uh, hooves to regular footprints, and she's like, she calls in to find the real Officer Bronco, and she's like, something is afoot here. Uh, Ian tries to apologize to Barley on the ride home, but he's not having it. He says, I'm not a screw-up, uh, and magic doesn't lie. And he's like, well, I, the magic must have screwed up. He's like, no, 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 magic doesn't lie. And he says, well, everything we've done tonight has gone wrong. And then Barley says, because you wouldn't listen to me. And he says, everything we've done tonight has been your idea. He says, yes, but you didn't do it my way. And of course, dad breaks up the scene with some really bad dancing and adds some levity to it. And he goes, you know, I, I, you know, I want to see him too. It's not fair to call me a screw up if you don't give me a chance to do something right. 
So reluctantly, Ian agrees to take the path of peril to the mountain, and it looks very rocky. Uh, as they go, they enter onto it, of course, the bumper falls off the car. Uh, Laurel and Corey head to the pawn shop and try to reason with the broker at first, but she's not having it. So Corey just straight up stabs her through the neck. Terrifying. It's very terrifying. Well, uh, I mean, she but wanted of course, 10 she bucks for her it. Momentarily. And then went to 10,000. That's fucked up. Yeah. It just was so unexpected and violent looking. <laughs> like, I just feel like, Andy, if you're going to go, if you're going to embark on a, on a career as a pawnbroker with me, we're going to know. We're going to have to get it stabbed in the neck a couple times here and there. Yeah. Like, I, I, I love the idea of the mom being like, oh, my God, you killed her. And he'd be like, no, no, no. She's just she's unconscious. And look down, like, just blood yeah, falling. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I did kill her. <laughs> <laughs> I hit I hit the jugular. <laughs> that is no deal. Uh, let's see. Of course, uh, that happens. They make off uh, with the sword. Uh uh, Bronco spots Guinevere's bumper on the path of peril and heads off after them. Uh, meanwhile, Ian and Barley run into a bottomless pit with an ancient drawbridge, luckily, but unluckily, it's on the wrong side. So Barley coaches Ian on how to make a bridge spell, which, just like the one from Indiana Jones, involves an invisible bridge that you have to have faith in. And at this point, I'd be like this. We're not That's seeing Dad. Let's go to Starbucks. This is not going <laughs> to happen. This is super. You remember when they, this they, is where I they turn the angle on the Indiana Jones bridge, uh, Indiana Jones yeah. bridge, and you so can cool. see that it's actually there. It's just so made cool. of rock. I know. That was really that was clever. That was my favorite part of anything when I was a kid, because it was the opposite of quicksand. It was scary, but it was there. Yeah. Uh, they use a rope at first, which results in Ian falling, and he goes, "Listen, now <laughs> that you know like what the worst can happen, you don't have to be scared." Another good life lesson. Uh, Barley tells me you can do it. He's like, "You can do this, man." So Ian casts a spell one more time and believes in himself, and it works. And Ian's not afraid. And as he makes it across the gorge, the rope runs out. And he's like, I could stay here all day. And Barley's like, don't. you? Yeah, that's great, man. You're doing great, but just make it across. Don't look back. And of course, uh, <laughs> Ian gets them. overconfident and says, this last step's for you, Dad. And as he does, he looks back and he sees that Barley's holding the rope and he just falls the, and catches the, himself. The moment where the rope unties and like you can see, like it's so well animated. Because like there's this you know, cartoon character that we're looking at and he is losing it. He's got like dread and fear in his eyes of like, I, if this kid just figures it out, he will die. Yeah. It's so well done. Shout out to that moment because I thought a, they really captured like the the you know, that human moment. Very very good, and it gives you it gives you the it gives you that feeling of like oh you're gonna fall right because you see him elevated out in the middle of nowhere and you get scared for him. It's a very good point. Uh, of course, he gets over there. He goes, "How long was the rope gone?" And Barley's like, "You know, just like uh, the second half of the whole thing." And Ian breaks down and says, "I needed that rope." But Barley says, "Oh, but did you?" And then he walks away all cocky like I do when I make an awesome. Point he reminds me of your brother so much. I know he is so much he is right there. I was like, ah, Matt he said is, that exactly like that before. <laughs> uh, of course, above the drawbridge is a statue of uh, a raven, which is pointing in a different direction of the mountains. And so Ian's like, we got to go to the mountains. He goes, no, 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 it's Raven's point. We need to follow the raven. Ian's like, I don't know about that. But of course, when Barley lines it up. What does he see uh, in, in his line of sight? Another raven statue. And it's like, oh, maybe he's right. He goes, see. Uh, Barley knows one every once in a while. Uh, but of course, before they can move on, Bronco catches up with them and tells Barley that guy is like, listen, you got to come. He's like, I, he, they come clean about the dad. They're like, we got to do this. He goes, listen, I still got to take you guys home. It's too dangerous out here for you. And Ian's like, fine. And Barley is super disappointed with him until Ian gets in the car and floors it. And it's like, good for you, Ian. So breaking cool. the law and going to jail as a part of every child's growing up. Right. <laughs> every one of us did it. Joey, I, I remember you, I you've been in jail so. a couple of times, right? 
you can say a couple. We'll we'll round down. Perfect. Uh, more cops end up chasing after them, but unfortunately, Guinevere hits a dead end. And Barley knows what needs to be done. He's like, you got to use the arcane lightning spell to bring down those rocks over there and block the road. Uh, but to use the spell, you have to do everything you've practiced. You have to speak from your heart, trust yourself, and focus. And, of course, Ian tries to do all those things and fails spectacularly. So Barley once again steps up and sacrifices Guinevere to the cause. Uh, he puts Such a great sequence. This sequence hit for me. Yeah. He puts, in, like, he puts in, like, the Valhalla song or whatever. Yeah. I forget what it was. And, like salutes it as it blows a tire and you hear it galloping and the galloping yeah. is what really that gets got me yeah, all the so tickets perfect. kind of flying out of the out of the glove like compartment. wings great mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah so good it was uh, it that was a another just perfectly built up moment very creative yeah they they had a bunch of neat elements to sort of toy around with and this is probably my favorite sequence in the movie aside from the very end i think they i think it's just like so creatively done and how can we sort of have this emotional send off <laughs> for a car that it, you know feels in in a way kind of reminds me of like the way hot fuzz does humor the way Shaun of the dead does humor mm-hmm. let's kind of personify this vehicle as if it's a my- mythical creature that barley is parting ways with and it's just really cool and creative and i like how at the end of it he's like i'm sorry about your van and he goes she was just a beat up old man. <laughs> oh, uh, of course, they head off on foot and they find the final Raven statue, which points downward toward a golden seal with a little bit of confusion as to what to do. Uh, Ian gets the bright idea to, to wax it off. And when he sees it, he sees the thing is pointing actually to a little spot on itself, uh, which has a little stone, like a keystone thing. I don't know which, how you would call this, but uh, mm. they end up taking it out of its I didn't chest. Get that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize cool. that until right now. Yeah, that's very clever. Because I was it's like, clever. it's weird that that bowl was down there. And that didn't play a part. No, but it's no, like, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 it was when pointing. When you lined yeah. it up, it pointed right here. So they take the little stone out. And, of course, the stone has uh, two symbols on it. It has a river uh, and then an X. And, of course, in quests, what does X do, Joey? Marks the spot. Marks the spot. Uh, five hours left. And uh, Ian fires up a tour. They, they head into uh, down the river excuse me, over the side, which uh, they, they figure, hey, we're going to follow that, and that's going to take us to the spot. Ian fires up a torch spell, and another group of wild unicorns scatter like roaches. <laughs> fucking got me. Uh, five hours left. They need to make up some time. So uh, if they can find something to float on, they can cast the velocity spell and cruise on down the river at a, at a high speed. But on a quest, you got to use what you got. So they end up blowing up a giant cheese poof that they got from the, the swamp gas. <laughs> and they ride down the river. I fantasize about this all the time. Can you imagine, Nick? Oh. I would, I would die. I'd yeah. be worried about the stains, honestly. I don't care. I'll get new clothes. Yeah, you, you, know? wear, you go to Target, you buy the cheapest sweats you can find. And if I'm being, if I'm being honest, in this one, I'm like, Kevin, we got to just be cool and never tell people. We're just wearing shorts. We're not wearing shirts either. Oh, How do you even dig into it? Like, what? Like, what do you, you just, you just, yeah, no, you just rip it. It's like styrofoam. the strongest it's muscle in your body. Your mouth. Your mouth. Yeah. I think it's actually buttocks, right? I think it's just way too big to kind Isn't of bite into it. Like, like, sorry, strongest stop. muscle. Stop. I get shit all the time for mispronouncing <laughs> things on this podcast. And Kevin says buttocks, and Joey just goes right past it. <laughs> That's where we're at. I did. I, I, I don't know. Look it up and see if your sphincter is, uh, is, is no, more it's, powerful. No, it's not know. what I said. That's, that's your word. That's not my word. Look, at, look, if you're, look and see if the anal cavity is the most powerful cavity in your body. Uh, let's see. Laurel calls Bronco, who updates her on the situation, and Laurel's kind of probably 
Canadian for driving away. She's like, wow, he's never really driven before. And Bronco's like, you're missing the point of this. Uh, the scene is interrupted when a sprite smashes against her windshield, causing her to crash. And the car is, once the car is kaput, Lauren watches the sprite fly away and gets a good idea. And she says, hey, Corey, you know, remember how you were like, you don't really fly anymore? How about, uh, how about exercising those wings? Barley and Elon celebrate the success of their journey so far as they cruise down the river and Barley lets it slip that he's like, I actually have one more memory of dad. You, you thought I only had three, I actually have four. And he goes, why didn't you ever tell me about the fourth one? He goes, ah, this is actually kind of a sad one. Up, uh, yeah. Because when dad was in the hospital hooked up to all those machines, mom wanted me to go basically talk to him one last time and I was too scared to do it. And he goes, I vowed after that day that I'd never be scared of anything again. Then they reach the final gauntlet with two hours left and immediately run into a booby trap, which, key, which uh, triggers a giant gelatinous cube, which is a payoff for that joke because he keeps talking about this gelatinous cube the whole time. Uh, Ian uses magic to save them, and they head into another chamber, which qu quickly fills with water. Barley realizes he needs to step on, a, on one of the stones below uh, in the middle of the room, but because the water is filling up, he can't hold his breath that long. Thankfully, they have a pair of disembodied legs that doesn't need to breathe, and so they send that bad boy down with a little... I like that they have a little... The whole time they have a little uh, dog a leash. Thing, yeah. leash on it. Yeah. <laughs> the one that like retracts that I always think is hilarious when people use, because I'm like, you can only use that for what? Like a 10-pound dog? Because a 30-pound dog is like, fuck you, I'm not doing that thing. That's true. Um, That's true. It makes um, it really difficult. Triumphant, the Phoenix Gem awaits them uh, above, because we have followed the quest, and it has led us to our victory. And as they crest through the cover of this thing, it turns out it's a manhole cover, and they pop up right outside Ian's school, right where they started. And Ian is flummoxed, to say the least. As this, he's like, we, we're back where we started, waste all this time. This, it, the gem must have been in the mountain like I originally thought it was. Mm. And he's like, no, the Phoenix gem has to be here somewhere. And he goes, look, you act like you know what you're doing, but you have no clue. That's because you are a screw-up, and now you screwed up my one and only chance to do the thing I've never That's done before, which is meet my dad. So Ian's like, you know what? I'm going to take my dad's Hello, legs, bro. <laughs> go off to the cliff, and we're just going to hang out for the last few minutes that we have together and spend what little time we can. And then, of course, Barley spots the old fountain that we had set up in Act 1, which is the one he was uh, protesting at. And the construction crew's there, still ready to tear it down, so he heads over to it. And even though the workers are like, you got to stop doing this, we're going to call the cops, he climbs up on it too to look for some, some level of clue for where this stone could fit in. Over on the cliff, Ian crosses oh, off Nick, really quick. You were right. It is the jaw muscle right here. That's the strongest. Is the second strongest the sphincter? Can we see how how strong the sphincter muscle is? Just <laughs> we get a ranking. Yeah, we're gonna have to rank that. That's gonna be I'm a new podcast. Go ahead and move on. I'm gonna head move I don't want anyone on. to explain this to Tim when he comes back. Why there's a new podcast? <laughs> new podcast called Rank, rank the, the Muscle the Strength of the Org of Our Organs. <laughs> we'll call it. You know what we'll call it, Andy? Sphincter versus. Oh God! And it'll, Why? it'll be less. It'll be less of a ranked podcast. And like, what can the sphincter beat? What can't the sphincter beat? Okay. I don't understand. One word I to don't... say. Sphincter. Anyway, uh, it's mostly <laughs> this. Where I'm like, people listen to this. A lot of people watch this podcast, and I just said that. You Over looked on the at the camera in off, such a way. I I'm sorry, Joey. Andy, I owe you nothing. <laughs> Over on the cliff, Ian crosses off more of the things he wanted to do with his dad. He wanted to have a heart-to-heart. -heart. He wanted to laugh together. But when he gets down to driving lesson, he realizes something. He actually did have a driving lesson today, and he did pretty well at it. And you know what? Come to think of it, he actually did play catch already today with his dad. And they did, in fact, laugh together. Only it wasn't his dad that he was laughing with. It was with his brother. Then Ian ticks off the last thing on his list, which is share my life with him. And this is where I start crying because they do the whole, they show, it's the part where Montage. he's about to go swimming and you see Barley with a little tube, like push yeah. him in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, God. And, and then them playing on the bed together. Yeah. And then, uh, and I think it's really where Ian's eyes start to well up. And that's where my yeah. eyes start to well up. I'm like, oh, they're, they're doing a real good thing right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this whole movie has been kind of like mid. And then here is where it's like, ah, oh, God damn, they're nailing this. Uh, of course, with that realization, he grabs his dad and heads back to his brother, uh, who is now on top of the fountain. Barley finds a spot for the keystone, which, when he plugs it in, opens up another thing right on the top of the fountain, revealing the Phoenix gem. But the celebration is cut short when the curse takes effect, which uh, comes out first like the, that, that red stuff from everyone's favorite Thor, Thor Ether. Dark World. Uh, mm. And then it forms, uh, t- starts tearing apart the school behind them to form a giant stone dragon. And then when it turns around, it's got the face of their mascot on it. Oh, and it's it hilarious and terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. That was cool. Uh, Barley, uh, they run away and Barley throws the gem into the bushes to distract the dragon. But when the dragon goes over to look, it's not the gem. It's one of the reflectors that he had saved from Guinevere. Uh, of course, I, I do want to point out also when when we see that moment when the, the dragon is sort of... Um, Spawned. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, spawn, spawn sounds spawn. right. That created. Like yeah, when the dragon sort of comes to life and the curse is sort of realized and we see the red smoke over there, I kind of think to myself like, oh, yeah, I forgot that was a story thread. I, <laughs> I don't know why. I didn't think this was going to happen, to be honest with you. <laughs> but they brought it up so many times. Yeah, I just like, I don't know. I wasn't expecting that in that moment where we're having the emotional sort of uh, that that emotional moment with Ian and him thinking back on his brother, I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, there's a there's gonna be a dragon. Are they, maybe is it actually gonna turn into anything? Oh yeah, it sure is. Yeah, I thought maybe yeah. maybe the gas is just I don't know some silly prank or whatever. No, it's it's straight up dangerous shit out here. Also, one thing to note: one of the construction workers was John Ratzenberger. Oh. oh the Ratzenberger watch. The rat yep. effect. We found him. The radical. <laughs> um, the rat effect. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying things now. Right? Uh, <laughs> let's see. The dragon course corrects and comes back for Anne and Barley with a vengeance. Thankfully, Corey and Laurel come to the rescue. Corey immediately starts battling the dragon as Barley and Ian head to the cliff to finalize the spell and bring their father back. Corey gets knocked down, so Laurel takes up the mantle and grabs the sword and uses her workout class knowledge to hype herself up and says, I am a mighty warrior. Uh, she grabs the sword and stabs the dragon through the heart, but she can't quite get it all the way in and has to hold it there. And she's like, hurry, I can't hold this thing forever. As Ian's up on the hill, he casts a spell, but he can't hold it either, so Barley lends a shoulder to help stabilize him as the sun is setting. And then Barley realizes he has to go help his mother, and he makes a decision. He says, go, I'll distract it. Say hi to dad for me. And this is where Ian steps up and says, nope, you go and you say goodbye. I had some, uh, someone who looked out for me, someone who pushed me to be more than I ever thought I could be. I never had a dad. But I always had you. And I'm like, fuck. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ian runs back, of course, toward the curse. And this is where he just fucking levels up using all the spells he's learned to take so on cool. the beast, including the lightning spell. Uh, he fights gallantly, but he loses the staff in the ocean. And he's like, oh, no, what am I going to do now? But then he remembers the words of his brothers. Use what you got and spots that splinter still in his hand. And then he remembers, of course, magic in every fiber. So he takes it and uses a giant spell to make. This is the most unrealistic part to me. Who's ever gotten to pull out a splinter on the first thing? You always, it always takes forever to pull a splinter out. You know? Anyone can cook. Splinter in your hand. What are you, a psychopath? You take five seconds. That could impede your climbing ability later in yeah, life. No, yeah. I'm not Joey, saying that I'm not yeah, trying Joey, to take it out. Thing. I'm saying that it's just, it's Joey, tricky. It sounds like you've never had your, your, your hands or your life in your hands, literally 60 meters up in the air. You know what I mean? 
Because like you're gonna get that splinter out with your teeth. One go ahead. Yeah. One go ahead, Joey. When you're up sixty meters. So wait, how did you get a splinter in your hand if you're climbing rocks with a rope? <sighs> you know, man. Mystery of life. Mystery of life. life. Exactly. I also do want to point out. You don't know what it looks like from up there. Okay. You don't look. You know how different life looks from sixty meters. Is that what we said? Sixty meters. Meters. Sixty meters. Sixty meters sounds like a lot higher than we used to climb, Kevin. But that's okay. Maybe it was twenty meters. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not. I can tell you what. I don't got a measuring tape. That's for sure. Fair enough. I want to point out how cool the just the all the magical sequences look of, um, sort of using these invisible platforms and like these magical platforms to stand on and shoot blasts and stuff that all this was like pretty neat. And I kind of wish a lot of the, I wish Pixar just kind of made a, a sort of fantasy mystical, mythical type movie. I think it'd be really neat. Agreed. Uh, of mm. course he, he uh, with Wait, his new, didn't they with this one want kind more? Of... Well, I mean, we too. Yeah, no, I want to like, see, like, I just want to see past. a movie about, you know, magical the adventure people. adventure at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where the they're, 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 not, the they're not How to Train kids. Your Dragons, but Pixar? Yeah, I just liked, I just loved the way it looked of him, like, sort of running and, like, jumping on these platforms that aren't there, but they're there because of the magic stuff that he's using. It just, it all looked really cool, and I kind of mm-hmm. wish we got a full movie of that, as opposed to just coming into your own at the very, very end and discovering these powers. I think it'd be really neat to have a fully realized world that isn't set in this sort of pseudo modern world with technology and shit. Um, as the dragon uh, moves its way toward barley, uh, Ian uses the uh, lightning spell easily to, to kind of uh, stop the dragon a little bit as Laurel pulls the sword from the rubble and calls to her son a split second later before the dragon's about to kill barley. Ian uses the acceleration spell to send Corey's sword through the Chris's heart. Of course, the dragon explodes, uh, but in all the ensuing chaos, Ian gets trapped under the rubble and can only see what's happening on the cliff through a li- little sliver of, uh, of, of uh, airspace or a hole in the rubble. And he sees, as he watches the sunset, he watches his brother hug their father one last time. And fuck, I am a mess at this point, just ugly crying. Put that in there. Uh, the oh. sun sets, and their father disappears. Uh, and then Barley comes back over to his brother shortly thereafter and helps him out of the rubber, rubble. Uh, and Ian asks, what did he say? And he says, he said he always thought his wizard name would be Wilden the Whimsical. And Ian says, wow, that's really terrible. And he goes, I know, it is terrible. <laughs> it says he also said he's very proud of the person you grew up to be. And he goes, well, I owe a lot of that to you. And he goes, yeah, he kind of said that too. And he also told me to give you this. And then he gives him a hug, which is nice. It's a nice little hug. They're just holding each other there. Good yeah. hug. Yeah. Um, it's a emotion. Yeah, we cut forward. We get more narration long ago. The world was filled with wonder. It was adventurous, exciting, and best of all, there was magic. And of course, uh, we catch up back up to Corey and the sprites in the tavern, and this shit's popping, man. It is popping, and they're all back to their original form, flying around and having a good time. And then we catch over to we catch up to Ian over in the high school, and he's giving a presentation on magic to his class. And he has this good confidence, man. Shirts looking good, pants looking good, and all of his friends are like, "We're gonna hang out later." He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna hang out. It's gonna be great." Uh, then he gets home, and mom is on her way for a night out with Corey. She's gonna tear one off, and they're gonna get crazy. Uh, and of course, Bronco's like, "I gotta go to work. You all have fun." And then she's like, "Hey, what about your keys?" He goes, "I don't need keys. I was born to run." And then he takes his hat off and he pulls a Kevin. Kevin, give it to me. Let me see it. Give it to me. Nah, I'm not going to take it down. You just put it back it. down. Or put it back up, you know? A lot of effort. I've never done it before. It's a lot of pressure. Like, Audio what about Joey? Can you tell, tell me Kevin's what it's taking supposed to You just got to... And then you shake, and then... Oh, there it is. There it is. Perfect. Look at that mane. 
That's Look perfect. Ah, uh, now Nailed run it. around. Now I need you to run around your kitchen a little bit. Run around your kitchen a little bit. <laughs> there it is. Good. Yes. Um. Let's see. Uh, we get one more beat with Ian and Barley. He goes outside and he's like, hey, how's the new van going? And he's like, Guinevere 2 is great. All I need now is a little bit of artwork. And Ian's like, I already took care of that for you. When they look over, we see another unicorn with both brothers riding its back. And so off they go on another adventure. But of course, Ian's like, I don't want to take that. The, nor- the, the road you suggested, we got to take, a- we got to go crazy. This is a, we got to take the road less traveled. This is an adventure after all. Uh, so he elevates them and off they go into the air. And that is onward. Seven um, syllables in the middle. Yes. You'll need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. We can only hear like yeah, only some of the notes. Three of the notes. You, it doesn't sound as impressive as it so was. So something's wrong then, because like everything yeah. is set up correctly and it's weird but like the fact that you, it's like we can all hear it it probably means one of your settings is off right very true yeah i don't know it's weird it's when i speak kind of button you know no nah, it's, it's all good it's all good i don't know what to tell you andy it sounded yeah, really neither. silly really silly <laughs> i liked it but i don't uh, think it had the oomph that you were going oh, for oh hold on let me get a retry Give me a retry. retry. Let me get a retry. Oh, I saw Kevin. There's another little setting that I missed. There's another little setting. Seven syllables in the middle. You'll need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. Andrew Feisner writes in Siblings together, through it all to get closer. Brothers forever. Oh, that's beautiful. That's good. Mm-hmm. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to write in a haiku in review, you can go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny and back us at that tier. And you get to submit all sorts of wacky questions to all sorts of our shows. You also get uh, all of our shows ad free. You can watch them live while they're happening. And uh, yeah, you get a little post show sometimes. Not on this show, but on some of our other shows you do. So definitely check out patreon.com slash kind of funny. Uh, and let's see. Oh, there's no other haikus. So we're going to go into the Pixar theory, Andy. From the nanobiologist. I think I was supposed to do that at the beginning, but it's here. So I'm going to do it at the end. Sure. Uh, the Pixar theory, of course, is a recurring theory that every single Pixar movie is connected in some way. Here's the big deep dive red string everywhere theory for where Onward fits into the big picture. First, I want to touch on something I forgot about with Incredibles 2. Remember when Jack-Jack was just flying around messing with his powers? It's not confirmed, but it's fun to believe that he was teleporting to the monster world during Monsters, Inc. And that kid everyone was describing doing all those crazy things was Jack-Jack. It makes Second. a lot of sense if That's you talk if you remember what they were saying. Terrifying. That the kid was doing like the mm-hmm. one that comes to mind is he was shooting laser beams out of his eyes. Oh, but also, yeah, he becomes yeah. a monster, and it kind of looks like a monster from Monsters Universe. And maybe well, that... he saw them there and was like, "Oh, I can become this cool monster thing." Hmm. Remember, he beca- Jack Jack gets angry. No, I yeah I, because he's like, like remember he Edna's like out. Edna's like every solution that involves the cookie brings out the the demon. The, Yep. <laughs> God. God, that's a great movie. Let's watch yeah. that again. Second, it was initially believed that this was either a very early form of Earth or a precursor to the monsters after the humans returned to Earth, but they would not that that may not be the case because of one very important set piece. Onward's world has two moons. That doesn't line up with all the Earth, uh, meaning Onward takes place on another planet. How does this connect to the greater Pixar universe though? Let's talk, take a look at Raven's Peak. The mountains have a very unique shape that doesn't seem natural. That's because it, it's possibly it isn't natural. How? Well, what if the mountains were made out of a crashed 
see them. Uh, take, in, take a look at the attached picture that compares the peaks. I don't know where that picture is. Uh, thousands of axioms left Earth, so it's not hard to believe that at least one or two went away, uh, way farther away from Earth than they were supposed to. Plus, it doesn't exactly line up one for one, but that's because thousands of years have passed since a crash leading to some degradation. This also explains why they have the same gun we seen uh, we saw in Inside Out, a uh, triple dent gum, excuse me, not gum, and how they were quickly able to start uh, creating technology out of nowhere. Interesting. Hold on, All right. I, have an, I, I have an image I can show you guys. Sure, um, bring it up. Audio listeners, up. Kevin's bringing up an image right now. He also has his hair down still. You are missing out, people. Mm-hmm. This looks like a beautiful <laughs> waterfall. Browser, there it is. Oh, oh. I'm put it in there. Oh, it is interesting. Yeah, it does look similar. Hmm. Fascinating. Also, I like that this uh, this part of the mountain looks like the Raven Peak statue. You know, like the way they were pointing, the little mouths are a little. Oh, right. Yeah. Andy, hit us with that ragu bagu. Do 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 do. Ragu. Do 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 Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rag Guys Talk Bad Guys for Pixar in review. This is where we rank all the bad guys in the series. And unfortunately, I don't even know if this has a bad guy because you can't really categorize Colt as the bad guy. What He's about the gelatinous cube and the dragon? Uh, you know the what? gelatinous cube. The gelatinous cube and the dragon. How does that sound? I don't think we where do we want to rank them? Here's number one on the list, lots of number two, Prospector and Al. Number three, Monsters, Inc., uh, Newswa- uh, Newswater and Randall. Number four, Hopper. Number five, Ernesto de la Cruz. Uh, number six, The Screen Slaver. Number seven, Hercule uh, from Luca. Uh, Syndrome is from uh, number eight. Muns and the Dogs, number nine. Skinner and Anton from uh, Ego uh, from Ratatouille. Uh, Finding Nemo, Darla and Bar- Barracuda, uh, Woody and Sid, Gabby. So I'm reading off of Tim's list, and they're just mixed match. Sometimes the names are in, p- in parentheses, sometimes movies are in parentheses. This is a little insight into Tim's mind, and it's scary in there, Kevin. Uh, we got Woody and Sid next, then Gabby, then Hard Scrabble and the Roars from Monsters University, then Otto from Wally, Mordu from Brave, uh, the Pterodactyls, and Water and Fear from the Good Dinosaur. Chicken Hebrews from Cars, Cars, uh, Axelrod and Lemons from Cars 2, Joy in San Francisco from, from uh, Inside Out, and then finally we have N.A. Uh, finding Dory getting lost. Also, you know what? Put the cops on there. The cops, the God- the not- they were They were, make- they didn't make but the situation worse. The, got- the goddamn authorities are, are they, keep, they keep preventing Chris Pratt from doing stuff, and they're well, like I mean, trying to cr- get down from there, sir, and it's like, yeah, the damn cops just need to relax. So lay off. I, I don't know. I think I think these 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 people could go last. Like, yeah, I, I think this is with yeah. Joy in San Francisco and like all of those other kind of like. So yeah. let's, right now, the, the final two are Joy slash San Francisco from Inside Out with an asterisk, and then twenty two is the fear of getting lost in an apartment store from Finding Dory. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'd say we put, I put them. The fear of getting lost a little bit higher than okay. this. Okay. Done. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We'll yeah. put these at the end. Uh, what did we say it was going to be? The cops. The fuzz. And the curse, and the gelatinous cube. Mm-hmm. Gelatinous, gelatinous cube. What about the scary little flying pixie, pixie things? Yeah, fuck it, throw it on there too. Ended up being good. No, the they pixie. went good. Well, I don't know. They they? Bad. They got <laughs> knocked over their motorcycles. You'd be pissed if I knocked over your your oh, Harley, right. Joey. Yeah, but they were like very antagonistic in the gas station. Well, you know, like he just like bumped into them, true. and they were like, They're "What small, the fuck, bro?" So they gotta act big. Yeah, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Like moose. Mm-hmm. Just like moose. Now it's time to rank this movie. Kevin, can you bring up the list? Uh, bam. 
Bam. Here's the list of Pixar movies as it stands for audio listeners. This is for you. Number one, Coco. Number two, Up. Number three, Monsters, Inc. Number four, Finding Nemo. Number five, Incredibles 2. Number six, Incredibles. Number seven, Wally. Number eight, Toy Story 3. Number nine, Inside Out. Number 10, Toy Story 2. Number 11, Toy Story 4. Number 12, Toy Story. And that's that point where I'm like, how many Toy Stories are there? Number 13, <laughs> Luca. Number 14, Ratatouille. Number 15, Finding Dory. Number 16, Monsters, University. 17 is Cars. 18 is A Bug's Life. 19 is Cars 3. 20, The Good Dinosaur. 21, Brave. And 22 is Cars 2. Where should we put this? Who wants to if start I, the bit? If I may start, because I know I'm going to be the, the wildest one here. Wild uh, I, I yeah. fucking love, I love this movie. Holy shit. I've never felt... Like this is this was a unique movie experience for me. I've never gone to a movie theaters and walked out and been like, "How do they how do they know my life?" These sons of bitches. Uh, so I mean, I would put it personally. I would put it number one. I, like that's just I understand you guys won't be there, uh, but I don't respect any of you except for Joey. Understood. Uh, sure. Andy, what are you thinking? Um, Joey, you go first, yeah. Joey. Um. Okay. So I. Man, I finally understand what you guys go through on interview because I feel like this is the first long form series I've ever been a part of where you it's really hard to rank them because where you like your personal rankings don't match up with the list. So it's hard to place them. Uh, So I finally understand that. I like the short ones better because I don't feel less stressed or I feel less stressed about ranking these movies. I think I would put this at 17 under Monsters University. I think that I really, it, I really liked it. Because we have these fucking Toy Story movies in the middle that I didn't even rewatch. Nope. So I don't even know how much I like them or not. Um, Red Two is too low. Lucas too high. I hate this list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do. I was really, really surprised at how much I liked this on rewatch because I was very met on it when we first watched it. I don't have any siblings, so I was like. I don't care about this. I don't understand this like sibling relationship thing that they have going on. Um, but I got like really in my feelings about this upon rewatch more than I think I did about cars or bugs life or any of the ones that are lower on this list. So I would put it at 17. I could also make an argument for putting it over finding Dorian monsters university, but I cannot just if you're putting it above Ratatouille. Yeah. Ratatouille. <laughs> I think I'm kind of in the same boat as Joey. I would probably put it I would probably put it above Monsters University. Maybe above Finding Dory. I might put it at fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. I could do fifteen. Andy? Um what say you? Again, the final the final vote every single time, Andy. What about Tim? Oh, we have Tim's vote, yeah. We don't count him. I fucking love Nick so much. <laughs> the moment of like, oh shit, where was, what did point. I do with We're that email? Where the fuck is that? What did I do with it? <laughs> what, what did he, he was taunting us point. earlier that he knew, and now he's he was so happy him. about it. Yeah, I mean, Completely Andy, left his uh, brain. Gone. Andy, I'd like to remind you, Wally's a great movie. You know, but don't. <laughs> Wally's don't very, that. very good. Yeah. 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 Um, Tim is going to rank this. Don't say it yet. Don't okay. say it yet. Make right, it, okay. Put the pressure on Andy. Yeah. Don't let him cop out my hearing. I mean, I, 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 have, I have my answer. I have my answer. And none of what y'all are going to like this. But this goes gonna at number 20 for me oh, underneath oh, Cars 3. I, I thought you all just, I thought you all were just so incredibly wrong about Cars 3. I feel like me and Tim were the only ones who liked it. 
Um, I can't put this above Bugs Life because I feel like just all the way through, it doesn't have that emotional beat at the end like this one does. But Bugs Life for me is just much more enjoyable all the way through from front to back. And what was, the, uh, what was that part that made you cry in Bugs Life? I already said. I already said there was. It's like the emotional beat. I already said that. Was that but isn't that like a core have, part of I'd, Pixar movies? Though? I'd rather have a movie that I enjoy from start to back than a movie that like I'm kind of met on and then at the end it hits. Like you got to make it? me care the whole way through. You know, uh, you Kevin. At the new studio, we're we gonna have a defibrillator so we can fucking wake up Andy's cold dead heart. <laughs> I mean, we we need to right because clearly <laughs> something is wrong with his cold dead heart. It's just no, 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 no. I need dead. to I need to repeat the comment that happened after we watched Coco, where all of us are loving Coco. Kevin is like, eh, it's fine, it's whatever, fine. and we talked about how the Chinese censorship board allowed this movie to exist in China because of how emotionally great it was. And they were like, damn, when you find out that Kevin is colder than the Chinese censorship board, like, (laughs) it's... Is anyone surprised? <laughs> that was such a great comment. So shout out to you to comment. Yeah, this goes at number 20 for me underneath Cars 3. I think Cars 3 was like really damn good and um, really impressive. Weirdly enough, Tim says, at the end of the day, though, it all comes down to, uh, to together as a really damn good movie as opposed to a Pixar classic. So I would put it at 19. Above a good dinosaur, below Cars 3. So for voting correctly, Kevin, help me out with this. Who thinks it's better than good dinosaur? Raise your hand. T- everyone raises their hand, including Tim. Who thinks it's better than Cars 3? There you go. Who thinks it's better than Cars 3? Yeah, there it is. Who thinks it's better than A Bug's Life? Tim puts his hand down. Who thinks it's better than Cars 3? No, no, no. Joe, 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 Joe. Joe. Tim has his underneath Cars 3. Yeah. Okay, well, either way, we're still going. It doesn't matter. We're still going. Uh, Bug's Life. Who thinks it's better than Cars? Oh, Joey's the deciding factor. Who thinks it's better than Monsters University? I, yeah. Okay. Who thinks it's better than Finding Dory? Who thinks it's better than Ratatouille? Let's take this all the way, guys. All right. hand goes down. <laughs> there it is, ladies and gentlemen. New ranking. Coco, Up, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, Incredibles 2, Incredibles, Wally, Toy Story 3, Inside Out, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 4, Toy Story, Luca, Ratatouille, and coming in at number 15 is Onward. Uh, followed by eh, Monsters University, Cars, Bugs Life, Cars 3, Good Dinosaur, Brave, and rounding out the list. At 23 is Cars 2. Next week... I think I'm not quite sure, but I'm pretty sure we're going to watch another one next week. And I believe it's soul. That sounds right. Right. No, I think, did we I think we're doing back we to do scream? Oh, we're I think we did soul already. Oh, I guess we've never done here. You're right. I've never seen yep. soul. So I'm excited about that. So hopefully we do it next week. If not, we'll be coming back with scream in review and hopefully the Williamses and uh, maybe Chris Ankle will join us again. We're not quite sure on that one. That's all up to Tim, but Looks until like then, both. What's that? Okay. We're doing both. Look at that. Best <laughs> of both worlds. So tune back in. Of course, we do these every week. And hey, thank you so much. If you're listening to this on uh, audio services, make sure to give us a good old-fashioned rating. Maybe come over and give the, the video a view so you can see Kevin's majestic mane. And uh, give us a sub because we're almost up to 300,000 subscribers on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. And hey, that's A-OK with me. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you, and I love you. <laughs>